and welcome you watching left right and center i'm gargi rawat today the big story that we are discussing government versus judiciary who should appoint judges the appointment of judges to the supreme court and the high court has become a major flashpoint between the executive and the judiciary there's also been subtle and sometimes not so subtle sniping over the issue of powers of the supreme court now days after the vice president jagdeep dhankar questioned the basic structure doctrine as laid down by the supreme court in 1973 the chief justice of india dy chandrachur said yesterday on saturday that it was like the north star providing invaluable guidance for the interpretation of the constitution here and elsewhere during his speech in mumbai he also said that it guides and gives certain direction to interpreters and implementers of the constitution when the path ahead is convoluted Then today you have law minister Kiran Rijiju who seemed to support the views of a retired high court judge who said that the supreme court hijacked the constitution by deciding to appoint judges itself he was also talking about the appointment of uh, high court judges and how they now you know have to depend on the supreme court for their appointments but the law minister shared this video of the interview of justice RS Sodi of the, the former uh, justice of the high court of the delhi uh, court who said that the right to frame laws lies with parliament and then the law minister commented on this clip uh, of the interview where he said it is the voice of a judge and that majority of people have similar same views it's only those people who disregard the provisions of the constitution and mandate of the people think that they are above the constitution of india so that is what the law minister tweeted today now on thursday the supreme court collegium had reiterated its recommendation on the appointment of five advocates as high court judges and went public with the reasons for both its reiteration as well as the government's objections it was a rare move in the backdrop of the center court conflict that we've been seeing and finally another interesting development today and aside from all this has been that prime minister narendra modi praised the chief justice of india today in a tweet for his thoughts on making supreme court judgments available in regional languages he said that this is a laudable thought which will help many people particularly the youngsters so those are all the developments that have been taking place let's go across to our panel now we're joined by matthew antony spokesperson of the congress also a lawyer Shadan Farasat advocate Supreme Court additional standing counsel for the Delhi government in the high court we also have Deshratha Nigam advocate Supreme Court someone who also supports the BJP and Ashutosh Shivastav advocate in the Supreme Court who also uh, supports the government Shadan Farasat first to you what do you make of these latest developments that have happened between yesterday and today with the chief justice uh, you know with the chief justice reiterating the importance of the basic structure calling them a guiding force a north star and then the law minister tweeting what he did today yeah uh, gargi you'll have to give me two or three minutes i want to make some fundamental points you see we have to look at this in a certain context as to what is happening in the last two months the latest statement of course it's quite unsavory in the language which the law minister has used and uh, obviously he's implying as if the judiciary is insane right that and and the judiciary is above constitution that seems to be his comment if any uh, reader of uh, english language will read that so it's quite unsavory i'm not going to comment on it but the entire context is this for the last two months we have seen that there has been a calculated attempt to attack the judiciary be it through the vice president's office be it through the speaker of the lok sabha or be it through the law minister and the attempt is to somehow show on two aspects one is of course the appointment process and second which the vice president has raised and has been uh, again doing the rounds is the ba- uh, basic structure doctrine now both of these are effectively red herrings and in my uh, view 
effectively what the government is trying to do is a pushback on the judiciary, although it has no interest on either of these. I'll tell you why. Insofar as the uh, appointment process is concerned, there was an amendment in 2015, which has been set aside by the by the uh, Supreme Court. Today, the government does not have the numbers to pass a constitutional amendment. In 2015, the opposition supported them. Today, the opposition is not with them. So they can't do anything about it. The judgment of the Supreme Court is final, number one. Number two, the basic structure doctrine has been with us for almost 50 years now. What does it do? It basically prevents, it's a bulwark against authoritarianism and to ensure that the democracy functions. I'll give you two, three examples. Just give me a minute. For instance, if somebody says, if a constitutional amendment is passed, that the present government or the present prime minister will continue to be a prime minister until his life without elections, or that the governments of a certain political party will only run the state government. These are all technically possible constitutional amendments if the government had the number in the parliament. It doesn't, that's a different point. But these are possible uh, amendments. It has happened in Russia. It has happened in uh, Turkey. It has happened in a communist China. Commun- uh, China is, of course, not democracy, but it's happened right. there. Basically, the presidents or the heads of state are heads of state for life. Now, the only protection which the people of India have against such authoritarian moves is the basic structure doctrine. So it's absolutely an essential doctrine. I'm just giving you two or three examples. There can be n number of examples. And what I would like to say is that in this kind of a situation, what I mean, all the line of attack which the which is being done against the judiciary are without any basis. Who is the biggest litigant today in the country? The government of India. Look at Supreme Court. More than 60% of cases, government of India is one of the parties. And every day the Supreme Court says, why are you filing such frivolous appeals? Last week, the constitution right. meant hearing an attempt by 19, in 1980s, which was settled, the Union Carbide Corporation. The government is trying to reopen it. So the government of India is the biggest litigator. It has the biggest, it is the biggest cause of delay. And it is trying to do this as a pushback against the judiciary because it feels that the only independent institution left in India, it wants to capture it. I don't want to miss and my words. We also, you know, exactly rem- what the attempt is. Need to remind the viewers that uh, the basic structure doctrine also protected the constitution when Indira Gandhi during the emergency wanted to make certain changes and there was a pushback from the Supreme Court on the basis of this. Uh, but, uh, uh Desh Ratan, your uh, what would you say on what we've been seeing this last couple of weeks leading up to now these last two days and these sort of statements that have been made? Uh, Gargi, in fact, we are in a parliamentary democracy where will of the people is supreme. And if you recall, for the benefit of uh, the co-panelists and your viewers, that the NJAC, which was for the appointment of judges, was passed unanimously by all the parties in both house, both the houses. The question of having majority, this government does not have a majority or does not, or has a majority, does not arise. So that was a factual error being made that they require uh, that because this government doesn't have a majority now. So the, all the parties had unanimously passed and reflected but it has the to will pass of the in people. Both, both houses of parliament. Both. Oh, it was unanimously passed in both at the houses time. of parliament. Yes, at, at that, that time, time it was struck down. And, and, and today BJP has more seats. NDA at least have 53 more seats than they had on the last time. So let's not go into the majority. Let's go into the merit of the case where will of the people in a parliamentary democracy is supreme. Now, if you look at uh, Article 124 and 217, which deals with the appointment of judges, which is actually the basic structure. The original language of this, these two articles is actually the basic structure, which is that the president of India will appoint after consultation with the CGI and other judges. The consultation word has been used by no stretch of imagination. Concentration first became concurrence and then the absolute power to the Supreme Court. That is the biggest antithesis 
or injustice to the constitution itself. It is not the government versus judiciary. It is the constitution versus judiciary. The ones who were uh, made to uphold the constitution have themselves bettered the constitution. And that is the biggest problem. Today, you can't say that you, you abrogate the power of which has been given to the executive to say by legislation, you have amended the whole constitution. The judiciary does not have the power to amend the constitution. They have the power to interpret the laws. Here, the consultation has been interpreted to be having absolute power. Now, today, the difficulties arising in appointment of judges. Supreme Court says appoint these judges. Presuming collegium system is right for the moment. Then, uh, no, organ, no organ of the state can be given absolute power. The absolute power that the Supreme Court has, has to have the check and balances. The pocket veto of the president gives the check and balances. If the Supreme Court's recommendations, which may or may not be good, there has to be a final check and balance here in this All case. All right, let me get uh, Matthew Peter, Antony in Peter on Powell. this, especially on the issue of the National Judicial Appointments Commission Act, something that was, you know, passed in Parliament at the time. Thank you, Gagya. I need a couple of minutes. Uh, I would like to start this with reading out a small sentence from the Constituent Assembly debate which gave birth to our Constitution on Article 19 on the 2nd December 1948 from the Volume Part 2 by Sri Lakshmi Narayan Sahu, a fiercely debating person, a critic of the Constitution, many points in the Constitution, to Dr. Ambedkar, especially on Article 19 and on the Supreme Court. We have to depend for the interpretation of the particular article and its language that are enumerated herein on the Supreme Court or some other authority that would come into being in the future to ensure that the people's rights are not abridged. Now, coming from there, that is where the Constitution is a living document which has been interpreted in due course of time by the judges appropriately into the political situations of the country to keep the independence of the judiciary. The separation of powers between the judiciary, the executive and the legislature was important. And I would like to recall the, the preamble of the Constitution where we say that on this day of 26 November 1951, we hereby adopt, enact and give to ourselves this Constitution, which makes the Constitution supreme than the Parliament because the Constitution is owned by the people of India. The reason why we oppose the NJAC in any, any point of time, at this point of time with the BJP is that yeah, Our experience with the BJP government the is Congress that... The Congress did support it earlier, did but now you are opposing it. We did support it. it at that point of time, but our experiences after that is quite uh, quite against the spirit of that supporting because the absolute majority of the BJP government is being used to infuse the people of that right-wing thinking into the institutions which corrupts the institutions, independence, neutrality, and the separation of powers of the institution. That is the reason why we don't support the NJAC anymore. However, we agree that you know the collegium system requires a kind of a uh, kind of a improvement or a kind of a interpretation or adapting to the situations or in accordance to the time. But that needs a balanced discussion, a mature discussion, and not a public uh, fight between the judiciary and the government. The matured minds of the judiciary and the government, and the, including the parliament, should sit together, should have the vision of the country towards the uh, towards the future of the country by taking into the intent, motive and spirit of the constitution, that into consideration, that's the way in which we have to formulate this. There is no... There is so no you do want a change in the system. I think that is the basic that 
you know, everyone is talking about how opaque the collegium system is, the, how opaque this appointment of judges of the High Court and the Supreme Court is, and that is what we need. We need more uh, transparency there. And uh, so right now it does seem with all these statements coming from the vice president, coming from uh, the law minister, that the ground is being laid uh, for, uh, you know, pushing back uh, this uh, National Judicial Appointments Commission or something <coughs> on those lines. I, I kind of say that the vice president and the speaker should have shown a lot of uh, maturity not to have this spoken out in the public. But they have their forums to have a good discussion between all these organs of the country in terms of the performing con uh, the judiciary, the government, the executive, as well as, you know, the larger house of the parliament could have done consultations within themselves rather than coming out in public. That shows a large immaturity right. uh, or that shows an impatience of a vested interest of, you know, corrupting the institution's neutrality at this point of time. Right. Ashutosh Shivastav, your comments yeah. on this and especially, you know, this sort of uncomfortable uh, in, in the public, this sort of friction that we're all seeing. And this is, uh, you know, something that, again, yeah. not good to see coming out in this manner. Yes, yes. My uh, my learned friend just now uh, very clearly said that the Constitu Constitution of India is the supreme. I absolutely agree. Now the question arises whether our Constitution has any provision for the collegium system. The answer is no. There is no uh, collegium system is there in the in the Constitution of India. See, <clears throat> it is it is very clear that the collegium system is neither a parliamentary provision nor it's a, a, a constitutional provision. See, the Article 124 of the Constitution and 217 of the Constitution deal with the appointment of judges. Article 124 deals with the appointment of judges at the, uh, in, in the Supreme Court, which says that the President of India can appoint the uh, Supreme Court judges in consultation uh, with the Chief Justice of India. It nowhere, uh, you know, says that whether the uh, uh, consent of the uh, chief justice is mandatory or not. So this was decided many a times by the Supreme Court. Finally, in 1993, the Supreme Court itself held that the consultation of the chief justice will be mandatory. And then, then thereafter, this has become a trend. But it is not there in the Constitution. So when the law minister says that, that it is neither a, a, a parliamentary uh, position nor it's a uh, constitutional provision, he is right in that way, because that has to be decided. Now, when the constitution is not clear about the same, whether the president will have the absolute power or it has to depend on the consultation and All the right. uh, decision given by the chief justice, which was actually clarified by the Supreme Court, changing its own verdict earlier. Earlier, Supreme Court had clarified that uh, in any circumstances, uh, the the consent of the uh, yes the consent of the chief justice will not be mandatory and the president right, will Shadan have Farasad, his you, own choice. What would you say which to was that? reversed by uh, the, the Supreme Court. Because the bottom line is the, so the, the collegium system a, and and the need for more transparency. You know the the uh, collegium uh, put out in public uh, the arguments that were made against some of the uh, uh, justices that they wanted appointed to the high court. That the arguments made by the centre and then there why they refuted it and that came out. It was very welcome that it came out in the public because we need that kind of transparency. I hope it's not just a one-off and in future as well we'll see more transparency in these sort of decisions. But uh, what would you say to this criticism and this need? Uh, you know, for more transparency and this collegium system, which many feel is not working. 
Yeah, so insofar as the need for transparency is there, I think uh, all of us agree that there is a need for more transparency. I, if you speak to the judges also, I'm sure there, there, nobody says that it's not. And the government wanted transparency. They've got transparency. Look at the detailed resolutions which have come recently. I'm sure it's not a one-off. I'm sure that's the uh, thing which... so, yes. No, I'm sure it's not going to be because it doesn't make sense to just have vis-a-vis three judges, you know, a detailed resolution and then... So the government, look at the kind of frivolous reasons they were giving. And I think the collegium has exposed the government of India by giving detailed reasons. Look at the kind of... this For is what, those three judges, yes. Exactly. For those three judges, what are the kind of frivolous reasons were they giving? So everybody must be a yes man, only then he, he or she can be appointed a judge. That's what the government of India has. In fact, anything, those collegium resolutions have exposed what the government of India's real intent is. They want to pack the judiciary, which are a bunch of yes men and yes women. That's all. And insofar as my friend uh, who was saying that it's a question of interpretation, the, there are enough terms in the constitution which have been used in a certain context. But as, as we grow along as a country, there is a certain experience and you give a certain interpretation. You don't go by the text as it were. The t- text used is aid and advice. At one point in time, for instance, the aid of advice of the prime minister is binding or the council of minister is binding on the uh, president. At one point in time, the Supreme Court uh, you know, t- took the view that because it's aid and advice, it is not binding. Then the Supreme Court reversed that view. That means the Prime Minister's aid and advice is binding in a parliamentary system. So, yes, through the experiences, you take different views. But at the end of the day, once the Supreme Court has interpreted a provision a certain way, that's the binding law of the land. Everybody has to follow it. And you don't have today the numbers to basically amend another time. And that's why you are doing this tutu meme in the public domain, which should rightfully not happen because these are serious constitutional positions what is the law minister doing quoting a youtube video of a retired judge is that the way constitutional conversations are going to happen in this country and the retired and judge had more of an issue with the of, of the high court justices and saying that they have to now you know pander to the supreme court and that's how the high court justices yeah, i mean to the extent there is a criticism that you know the collegium it was process, never meant to be that the high courts are in, in a sense subservient or any any lesser than the supreme court not subservient. He, he, it is still not subservient supreme court is only a court of appeal insofar as elevation of some high court judges to the supreme court the supreme court has a role right so it is still not subservient. The Supreme, the High Court passes order every day. Supreme Court either approves it or sets it aside. It happens every day, day in, day out. It's not subservient as, I mean, the only thing it's subservient is if an appeal is filed, on appeal, the court can set aside that order. That's all. Nothing else. All right. Uh, Desh Ratan, your response to that? Yes, yes, yes. Kargi, in fact, uh, and especially on this issue of what we're seeing happen in public, this sort of friction, which it does nobody and it benefits no one to have, you know, the law minister coming out and tweeting in this manner, the vice president uh, saying his criticism. And then the chief justice of, on his part, he was addressing, he was making a lec- he was giving a lecture in Mumbai and he made his point as well. Gargi, in fact, I don't call it friction, whether it is United Kingdom, USA or other parliamentary democracies, this kind of back and backward forward conversations always happen, which you may call friction, but it is an integral part of parliamentary democracy. And secondly, let me tell you, uh, collegium system being not part of the constitution, it cannot be a part of structure of the constitution. When it is not a part of structure of the constitution, how can it become a part of basic structure of the constitution? Common sense says so, even in legal interpretation otherwise also. Let me also tell you that uh, when uh, uh, Farasat was talking about aid and advice being, you know, uh, interpreted in two different ways, let me tell you aid and advice, the concept of aid and advice was not substituted by something else. Here, consultation was substituted by collegium, the basic difference point that arises out there. 
Now, let me also tell you, uh, answer the Congress spokesperson. He talked about we the people. Let me tell you, we the people means we the people living today, alive and kicking. The will of the people reflects, the, we the people give our constitution, reflects the will of the people who are alive and uh, kicking today. We respect our constituent assembly, the great leaders, they are dead and gone. We still respect them and remember them. But their will of people will not superimpose the will of the people who are living today. When we talk of will of the people in the constitution, it is those, we, all of us who are alive today. Tomorrow's generation will decide for them. Even they can give up this constitution. They, they may think that uh, tomorrow the system is not working. We need something new. The will of the people will manifest itself in a new constitution. Maybe better than this. So we cannot say that you cannot change the basic structure of the constitution. We have seen nations, you know, giving up constitutions in, 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 in this world. But also and the basic structure is something that has been adopted by other countries, neighboring countries. You know, if we talk in Nepal, Bangladesh, Pakistan, South Korea, Japan, everybody ha has let, their own let, versions. Let, let and it's been very that. interesting me, to see. Let me answer. Let me answer that. If you look at the constituent assembly, they have nowhere... Uh, restricted the parliamentary's power in a parliamentary democracy. They have never talked about you can't do an amendment. Yes, Supreme Court can do judicial review, but there is no definition of what basic structure is. It depends on the judiciary from case to case. And secondly, the only basic structure in parliamentary democracy is will of the people, subject to judicial review. But to say that there is a basic structure, substitute one system by another system is amending the constitution which the Supreme Court cannot do. All right, uh, Matthew Anthony, your response to that? Yeah, I would uh, like to reply to the colleague from the Supreme Court, saying that the basic structure is a evolved position of a living constitution. And that is where the Constituent Assembly has clearly told that what we are using as a mere language right now as a manual to be called as a constitution can be interpreted by the Supreme Court as and when it evolves. So the situation evolved, I repeat, the situation evolved for a separation of power to keep the separation of power between the judiciary and the government and the, legis uh, the legislature and the executive. And that's where the basic structure has evolved. It was also went for a consultation from with the president during the K.R. Narayan's time, the judges' cases of 1998, and it kind of you know came back with a reference. I know that this is the way it is going to happen, and after that, no, it is you know there is there is an end to a procedure, and that ended there. Now, what is really seeing? What is really now? That is the technical side of it, the political side of it. We are not seeing Kiran Rijiju. It is the BJP's right-wing ideology which is behind this structure to corrupt the neutrality of the institute to the best possible extent with their Wait, thinking, with the right extreme thinking of the people. you have said that the Congress is not happy with the collegium system, this way of appointment. I didn't, they say, want more I didn't say Congress is not we happy. We want something I said, different. No, that we want a change in the collegium system in accordance with the time. It needs right, any so you system do agree needs that, it, that the system currently is, is something that does require a change, some some sort of changes it, it to come needs, about? It needs an improvement, but you know when a country's progress is made, this is not the way to kind of debate in okay, public this is in, not the in way such to a do it. in a such a nasty manner by insulting each other. But you know there is a matured way of conduct which is required, and you know uh, that needs patience, that needs vision, that needs maturity. 
which is not demonstrated by the bjp they want everything to be politicized they want everything to be a mass product you know which gets the hand claps and you know the and that's where it is like but you know this is a mature decision i agree with him that you no know, constitution is a living document we the people are now we the people will be there next and it is for all, right. all of us So see okay, I think this is a completely created this is a completely orchestrated uh, constitutional attempt at creating a constitutional crisis by the present government we can see clearly in the last two months the pitch has been constantly raised yes. first by the law minister then the vice president then the speaker joins again the law minister is asked by the court to the attorney general not to make such comments despite that these comments are coming so obviously it has the backing right from the very top I mean a law minister does not have I mean I can use the word does not have the gumption to challenge the judiciary unless their backing is right from the top so I think this is clearly yeah. happening Give a certain way with a design this is happening certainly with a design and I don't think our judiciary has learned its lesson we they succumbed in the supreme court succumbed in the emergency I don't see it happening another time that was the darkest moment of our judiciary I don't see it happening I think our judiciary is strong these attempts are likely to fail and they will fail rather quickly And can, uh, I, can I give me give me yes. 10 seconds? Okay, go ahead. See, last I, I, I 10 think, seconds. I think uh, I think those who attended the hearing of NJAC clearly know that the judges in the Supreme Court asked the uh, government to amend to the extent of two eminent person being appointed only, but somehow. the attorney general did not agree at that point of time they were for ngac but since the uh, attorney general did not take it to the government that the then attorney general so it was struck down we clearly remember the proceedings going on in the court all right interesting so we again it's a, something that we're seeing uh, you know building up over the last couple of weeks and uh, with this uh, statements being made in public well we'll have to leave it there i'm completely out of time but thank you all for joining us on the program and thank you all for watching goodbye